allow us to take a journey trip into our minds where constant conscious conspiracies is what you'll find. Because see, this is only the unified version of the BBC podcast where BB is Brian Barnett and the other half is Blake Burton, you dig? Where we have topics that might frighten you, but are only here to enlighten you as two of Seattle's brightest dudes ignite the truth and then just do it like the Nike swoosh. So again, we cordially invite you to the BBC podcast, Blake Burton and Brian Barnett Conspiracies. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is the fourth, fourth or fifth? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think this is the fourth. Fourth episode of the BBC podcast. I'm your host, Blake Burton, and also another host on my right-hand side. Brian Barnett. Hello, hello. Triple four in the middle, if you would it. Hell yeah. There we go. And um, we're going to be focusing on Brian's newish. It came out in October, am I right? Am I right? No, I dropped it in December. December. Mm-hmm. Oh, but when was the... But you released Voices in yeah, October. Yeah, Voices came out in October. And okay. Visual for that came out in October. But um, yeah, I needed a little bit more time, so then it came out in December. There we go. Mm-hmm. And what date? Was it a special date, right? Uh, it was the 4th. So, I mean, nothing special. It was uh, as special as Distro Kid could get it out. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, December 4th. That was that was the day we and dropped the Slum Flower series on the world. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Have you gotten some pretty good reception from that so Yeah, far? definitely. I mean, um, you know, numbers-wise, uh, yeah, I would definitely say so. I've got, like, this is the most listeners I've ever had on Spotify. So it's like, um, you know, from Emotion the Poet and, like, my, like, highest song ever being like 50 plays and like probably having like 15 monthly listeners i mean this one is uh it's at like i have like three thousand monthly listeners but now which is cool and like not at all in any like braggadocious way but just in in a way of like you know really taking some time to fall back and try to put the work in and kind of you know see that being reflected is just you know it's a beautiful feeling so uh you know that's going well and then just you know the dms of just hey this was cool i like this one because blah 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 like you know definitely it's just all love you know it's positive and uh yeah man the reception's been cool you know so just looking forward to you know kind of throw some more stuff out there but yeah as far as the overall yeah man it's been good you can take over a town with three thousand people just you know look what, what happened I mean? with the capital <laughs> yeah that was uh, definitely a takeover you know what i'm saying yeah honestly though like have you gotten into Patreon yet or thought I need about to. Patreon? I definitely need to. I think um, I'm trying to figure out what I would make as like a valuable piece for somebody to mm. subscribe to me for. And I think, um, you know, I guess early hint for anybody who listens, I'm thinking of going back and writing poems for people maybe once a month or making something specialized. I want to keep it personal, you know, yeah. to, to whoever, you know, subscribes or uh, feels what I'm doing and wants to. Uh, you know, kind of add monetary value to it. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking of either doing some type of poem or I feel like an unreleased song just isn't enough nowadays. Like, right. you know, for somebody to really like subscribe to your movement, you know, I want to at least acknowledge them and their presence. So I haven't found anything yet, but I'm definitely open to anything anybody might want to tap in and say. Yeah, I've been um looking at YouTube channels who have Patreons. And uh, I've seen YouTube channels, like I showed you that, um this, I think it's, the YouTube channel is Meat Canyon. Canon. Meat Canon. I mm. showed you the video of the SpongeBob guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a yeah. weird video. That was but, awesome. But basically, Meat Canon, I think it's Canon or Canyon. I forget. No, I think it's Canon. Yeah, I think Okay, it's right. but basically, it's a YouTube channel where they um, 
they caricaturize certain like childhood TV shows and make them very fucked up, but they're done really well. Like the animation and the voiceovers are really great, and they're like the videos are usually like only three minutes or so, but those three minutes will haunt you. And Truly, one of the recent ones is like SpongeBob, and it's it's very like I don't even know how to describe it, but it's <laughs> the animation is just over the top. But yeah, it's beautifully abstract. But basically, what their Patreon page does is literally it's like one dollar a month or something like that the base and you get like a sticker but that's enough for people to want to subscribe for a month Hmm. for one dollar it's just for like a sticker or something like a personalized sticker like if so let's say that you know that those three thousand monthly listeners that you have are like for sure no matter what month it is they're going to be those three thousand monthly listeners you promote your patreon to them maybe only half of them are interested. That's 1,500 people. Maybe right. even less than half. 1,000 people. But then you have 1,000 people that want to spend $1 a month, which is nothing. Like a fucking coffee is more than a dollar. True. So if they spend a dollar a month, that's $1,000 in your pocket. Yeah, that's yeah. that definitely adds up too. You know, especially yeah. you know, doing you know, independent creative stuff. Like, yeah, I might have to really double back on that. Shit like that. It's... it's, it's there's so much money out there. I know, like, like I'm definitely broke right now, I'll be honest. Like, everyone's kind of broke right now. Even if you're working, just to think the economy right now is going into the toilet. Facts. You know. But there is still so much money out there, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people are even emotionally broke right now, you know, because, oh, you know, yeah. with this virus and everything else happening in the world, I mean, it would be weird if you weren't almost, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's... Yeah, it has been a year, honestly. Yeah, I thought, um, let's see, that's the thing. You can't say it's been a year anymore because it's oh, a new year. <laughs> it was a year. <laughs> it was a year. But I feel like it's an extension. I've already said this a few times, but I feel like 2021 is an extension of 2020. Mm. But it doesn't mean it has to be. I just feel like it's just started out this way. I, yeah, I could understand that. But um, when I was talking to Sam, I'm really not a freaking political person. But I was talking to Sam Chow, and he was saying that he thinks it's a new year because of, like, Joe Biden's president. But if you're a black guy, you know, Joe Biden and even Kamala Harris aren't really good people. So, like, I don't I feel like you can't really look at simple things like that. That's not I've, I've been focusing on, like, self-growth. So I don't feel like looking towards politics is self-growth. Mm, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, maybe even with the Joe Biden remark, too, I feel like, uh, you know, it's definitely like a new year as far as maybe just like having a new mindset and just trying to look positive towards like what we do have as opposed to what we had and like, you know, just kind of moving in that way. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I like like you said, I mean, I think that self piece is going to be what will really change the year. You know, like if you want to, you know, like a lot of times people want to change the world, but, you know, first you have to change your own world, you know, and then be able to implement that type of change on like a, you know, social global level, you know, and I feel like that's probably just where a lot of people are at too, you know, but looking at people like Biden and Kamala, like, yeah, definitely, you know, probably not, you know, definitely the lesser of the two evils, you know, yeah. I, I think is what a lot of people are probably feeling, but definitely like, um, you know, I, I would take it as like a small, small victory, you know, a nice, you know, drop in the bucket. But if we allow it to be a tidal wave, then, you know what I'm saying? We could really do some things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. So when we did the, con- I think it was, there's no structure podcast. Mm-hmm. When we did the collab with them, you guys were talking about something. 
like some date that was gonna oh the twenty yeah twelve twenty one twenty twenty. Yes, sir. Did that, anything happen with that date? Yeah, I mean, ironically enough, yes. And then the no is from people who might not have been at that level yet to, uh, you know, uh, comprehend what's happening. So just like real quick, basically, like for anyone who may or may not have uh, been aware. So 12-21-2020 was uh, the day of the Great Conjunction. And essentially, uh, Jupiter and Saturn uh, were right across from one another in a conjunction. And what's funny about that, because this touches a, a bunch of different planes. So astrologically, that's, you know, its own thing, you know, and then um, socially, like scientifically, and then uh, even historically, too. So um, Saturn represents uh, structure, restriction, law, you know, different different things like that, where Jupiter is more so like expansive, open, creative. And uh, ironically enough, with that conjunction, it actually caused Saturn to fall in a way that a lot of different political structures are falling and will fall, mm -hmm. because a lot of these structures weren't necessarily like you know, they, they weren't really supposed to be there in the first place. They didn't actually add any benefit to a society as such, nor did they like, uh, nor could they, you know, really add benefit, you know, capitalism, different things like that, you know. So if you really look at it, you can see a lot of different political structures and other structures, you know, even on a global scale, falling in ways where, you know, it's almost like a new hope is starting to come out of that. And then in order to have that, as a lot of those portals are closing, you know, and new ones are opening up, you know, it's allowing for people to, you know, really kind of have that 2020 vision to see that, wow, we didn't really need these things. We just needed what was on the inside and then share that with other people who were like-minded, therefore the collective consciousness, you know, so um, it, it is something that is going to take a long time to really enact, you know, this would be something that we should come back and look at this this uh, episode like four months from now mm. you know but it'll be something slowly but surely but surely is happening you know and um so, yeah man so 12 20 so you said 12 21 20 mm -hmm. so it's it's the start of something it doesn't it, it didn't mean like everything was going to happen on that specific day right because what essentially it is is you know the end of the world but how we know it how we've been able to perceive it for uh different people you know so like the feeling of sonder of other people having you know vivid lives just as complex as our own but like understanding that we all really have that so how we like how i perceive the world is of course different how you perceive the world but like you know this concept of it coming to an end where we realize that a lot of these things you know just because you put syrup on it doesn't make it a pancake you know what i mean and like that being something that is now going to be a you know across the board you know mindset and offer the choice of either evolving or repeating repeating these same structures that didn't do anything for us 20 years ago that are just now in the same way except maybe wearing a wig you know maybe just add, you know someone tried to maybe add a little extra to make it look like it's not the same thing but either repeating those cycles or those curses or those generational whatever you want to call it or evolving out of those and you know moving with the world that is evolving in and of itself as well this age of aquarius this information age this digital age this um you know like evolving you know because that's what the world has had to do that's what you know lifting our vibrations is helping the world move into a fifth dimensional state where you know that's like that's the only place we're going you know what i'm saying and that's you know you can choose to do that and you can choose to not do that but that ladder from climbing from you know a fifth dimensional you know almost universal consciousness of just love and light towards everyone and then climbing back down 
to be in a third dimensional state of just acting out of fear, frustration, different things that, you know, structures like capitalism or, uh, you know, the government a lot of times will keep you in to suppress the, the inside. You know, that doesn't have to exist anymore. You know what I'm saying? Generational trauma is like, you know, you break, you, you know, who's ever listening, you'll be the one to break that in your family, in your life, you know, because the time is now, you know, the time has always been now, but it's more clear than ever. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, it's it's uh, definitely, you know, a long time coming. But all of that to say that it's, it's a long time coming, but it's coming, you know. Maybe. Can you tell me if this is on the right track for, like, me personally? Totally. Um, So, like, I told you, I was, like, in a relationship for, like, four years. Totally. Up until, like, August. And then I met someone new. And what I realized, the reason, one of the reasons why I got out of my four-year relationship was because I was spending more time with my podcast than with them. Mm. And then I, when I realized during this pandemic, like I didn't see them for like five months mm -hmm. and it didn't like affect me at all. Mm. Like I was really like, I was doing my podcast almost every single day, teaching myself skills. Right. And like, I'd like forget to like even check in on them, which caused a, you know, that causes problems with any relationship. You're supposed to check right. in with them. But like I, even when I, I used to have, it's going to be like a back and forth thing, yeah, but, um, like I, so like a year and a, a year ago, like before the pandemic, I was, I'd have like two jobs at a time mm -hmm. and I would always say I had three jobs, which included my podcast. I would say my, I, I would say my podcast was a third job. Right. And then when the pandemic hit, I couldn't do my print brand ambassador job. I couldn't do the radio station job. I couldn't even do the podcast job for a little bit because I was like, I can't go to my studio and like it was right before zoom was very popular mm. but zoom like came out of nowhere like i realized zoom was actually been around since like i think it was like 2015 but like it, sh it shined during the yeah, pandemic honestly. but um so I, I, I basically like i took it as a little bit like when the pandemic first hit, i kind of took it as a vacation and um then i realized i was missing doing my interviews so i started doing the interviews over zoom and i just bought a lot of stuff that I could, I bought like new microphones, new photo shoot lights, new laptop, all this stuff for my podcast. And I spent like five months just learning stuff during the podcast. And I was like, I almost forgot I was in a relationship. Mm. And like, no matter what, like even when I was in a relationship and seeing them all the time, I would tell like other artists or like even like artists in the industry, I'd be like, what is something that you kind of regret when you were first started out? And a lot of like big time artists would almost say like, not even in like in a selfish way. I think it's a realistic way. They'd be like, that I got married so young or had kids really young. Mm. And I was like, yeah, see, exactly. Why, why be in something super serious or something when you're like young, when you're trying to still find yourself. Right. And I kind of thought, I was kind of thinking about the entire time I was in the relationship, but I cared about them a lot. But mm. then once I started hanging out with them after the pandemic, like, you know, like it was probably five months down the road. So like late summer, I realized that like there was, it wasn't there. I was, it was more because we'd been together for so long, but like, I really enjoyed doing the podcast. Right. So then that ended, met someone else and that ended also. And I felt like I was kind of like, I kind of felt like I needed to be in a relationship after I was out of a relationship. Cause I kind of felt a little lonely, I guess, but I also found someone I connected with. But then I realized after that relationship ended, that was like 
late November. Mm-hmm. And this goes, so it happened that, that the, the second thing I was in, it was not really a relationship because I want to take things slow because I had gotten out of a four-year relationship and all that. But what I realized was when you were saying the 12, 21, 20 thing, mm-hmm. it took me a few weeks to like kind of recover after like diving into that new type of thing. You can call it a relationship. I guess maybe like a relationship kind of. It was, yeah, like a it was situationship. A, yeah, situationship. Totally. Like I, I definitely invested a lot of time into that, but I had found like a good sweet spot where I could do my podcast and hang out with the person. Totally. Versus before I was only doing the podcast and couldn't see the other person. So it took me a few weeks to like kind of get over that. And like I stopped doing my podcast for two weeks even, which for me seemed it was a really long time. I don't know if anyone else really noticed that because I always put out content. So even if I stop, I could stop for a month and it would still take people a long time to catch up to what episode I'm on because I put out so much stuff. So I took that time to like kind of recover. And I guess that week like of Christmas, the week before Christmas and the week of Christmas, mm-hmm. I was so dieting has been like becoming like a very important thing to me and whenever you start a diet it literally takes like a week of dieting for your body to get used to it so i started a week before christmas of dieting take mm-hmm. it took my body a little bit to get used to it and then the week of christmas like a because the the 20 12 21 was the week of christmas right mm-hmm. so that's when i actually like figured out my dieting completely uh-huh. and like that has been like a total lifestyle change for me I realize how much processed food we eat, like, you know, unneeded carbs and sugars. And, like, I'm not a huge smoker or drinker or anything like that. But I've noticed, like, a lot of friends who are using, who I used to think they did it as fun, are starting to use that as, like, coping. Yeah. And what I noticed, and I'm not a big guy whatsoever, but I noticed, like, whenever I got sad, I would just eat ice cream or something like that. Like, I'm the... I'm the biggest sugar guy in the entire world. I don't look like it, but I could. Oh my! I, like I just sugar. It's it's my. It's like it's like it's like it's like crack to me. It's like crack for everyone, but for me especially. Mm. So once I started to like lean away from all that stuff, and of course, of course, occasionally I still eat it and stuff, but I realized how even sugar or carbs was like affecting my brain chemistry, and mm. like it was like it would actually like make me feel a little cloudy, even if I didn't realize it. And because, you know, it's like it's like a it's a it's like a drug. Sugar and carbs are like a drug, especially the processed stuff. So I feel more like mentally clear and physically clear. And I think it started for me like, you know, after I got out of the second situation ship and I um, just took time to actually focus on myself because maybe it was maybe at the time wasn't even smart for me to try to meet someone new. Because I just got out of such a, such a, something for so long. So I've been really, really focusing on like self growth. And um, so that kind of makes it. Does that, does, that, does that align kind of with the 12, 21? Oh, yeah, 20? totally. I mean, you know, I would say like, uh, no matter what, it's always kind of like, you know, everybody's walking their own journeys and paths too. But like, if it, a lot of times, if you look back, kind of how you were saying that, like, you know, you kind of notice that a lot of those things were starting to line up at that time. But I mean, ultimately, like, I think what comes uh, to people, and this was uh, brought to me at one point in time, but like the idea of like, in order to ascend, you have to kind of find yourself in a very isolated kind of, um, just a really lonely place, honestly, you know, and I think that is because in order to really touch, you know, these, these heights, you have to know what the lows feel like, you know, and uh, it sounds like 
kind of that was being built up for you, whether or not you were aware of that. But, you know, from the relationship of four years that, you know, unfortunately came to an end. And then, you know, it sounds like, you know, even taking the time off from something that you're incredibly passionate about two weeks, to feel like two years, you know, and mm. like, I, I can, I understand, you know, what you're saying with that. And then to, you know, try to kind of bounce back in that way out of just, you know, you know, human beings are not necessarily meant to be alone, you know, and trying to maybe find that comfort of just somebody else's presence or their company, especially in a time like this, you know, but, you know, realizing that that void that you had to fill, which sounds like you've been just filling with yourself, self-development, you know, more time in the podcast, more time, you know, sharpening your own blade, you know, instead of maybe looking for somebody else to sharpen it with you, you know, but just literally being by yourself to ascend, you know, yeah, I think that definitely, you know, kind of aligns with uh, a lot of kind of what was happening in that time, because energetically what was happening at that time was that a lot of portals were closing, so new ones were open, could open, you know, a lot of doors were closed. So a new door can open, you know, a lot of levels were, you know, people were leveling up. All of those things are the same thing, essentially, you know, but just like, yeah, that sounds exactly what you're talking about. You know, you have to, you know, you have to hit the ground to know what getting up will really feel like, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe that happened with the first relationship that, um, you know, didn't maybe go in the direction you wanted to. And then, you know, maybe it took the second one to really show you like, maybe I just need to do do a me thing right now. You yeah. Know? And like, I believe like, you know, your angels, spirits, God, whatever you want to call it, but like God will talk to you through people, you know, and you'll start to notice those things as people like the people you were talking to were like, yeah, I wasn't really trying to get married at this age. And yeah, I wasn't, you start to hear the same thing over and over again. Not that you have to live your life accustomed to anyone else, but you can, you're hearing these messages because you need, there's something that you need to hear. You know, there's something about that that needed to make its way to your vibration to be like, he'll understand this, you know, because mm -hmm. you could have talked to anybody. They could have said literally any other thing on the planet. I mean, yeah. you know, thousands of different languages of different sentences that could have rolled out, but you heard what you needed to hear that you resonated with because, you know, one vibrational frequency to another, that's just how that happens. You know what I mean? So wow. I, I, I definitely believe, you know, it's not necessarily always just kind of like, you know, I see the signs or whatever, but you know, there's definitely a, a scientific, you know, mathematic component to it as well. That'll align, you know, almost in a pattern way that'll be able to have you kind of reevaluate or reassess almost analytically like, oh, wow. Yeah, actually that does kind of, you know, make sense. Not so much of like spirits and angels and stuff, but really, if you, you know, look at what you just said, I mean, it, it all sounds like it lined up, you know, and then wow. kind of from then, if you were to look at where you were then to literally the person that's sitting right next to me now, you know, you can see the process of having to get down low, you know, but literally build yourself back up to get to that closest, best version of yourself that you know exists because you know, six months ago, you weren't doing any of this stuff, you know, yeah. and now you look at where you're, where you're at with either editing the graphic design, you know, and that all came, you know, in order to create, you have to first destroy, you know, and you had to destroy who you used to be or what was associated with that, what was attached to that, to then create this new life for, you know, blank, you know, and that blank you're filling in now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like it really, didn't, it really didn't feel like 2020 was a year. But right. it really was a long ass year when you really think it's like it's a weird thing you can say it's been a long year, short year, but like I feel like I definitely grew a fuck ton. But then I see some of my friends or even artists who haven't grown at all and I feel like how does how is that possible? I feel like there's so much time to have grown. Yeah, you know, and I mean I mean I feel like that's totally like, you know, because you know, everybody has to kind of water themselves. And I think 
I look at it like everybody's at a different watering schedule, you know, so it's like, you know, some plants you have to water, you know, every other three days, some plants you might water once a week, some plants you might, you know, water, you know, every other week, you know what I mean? Because, you know, their roots, you know, require different things can hold only can hold so much and like, no matter what, they still grow, you know, they still put out oxygen, they still put their energy out and stuff. But like, you know, they, you know, it just looks different, you know what I mean? And I think for the people who have not necessarily tried to water themselves when they needed to, you know, eventually, that's kind of that evolve or repeat, you know, eventually, you'll repeat that cycle of, damn, I didn't take care of myself when I needed to. So I'm, I'm only going to keep following in these footsteps until I realize that I need to take care of myself when I need to, you know, and like, mm -hmm. you know, or you'll evolve out of that and be like, damn, I should have watered myself on Wednesday, next Wednesday, I'll set the reminder Tuesday night, and Wednesday, I'll be good to go. And then, you know, begin to set the habit, you know, and like, I think, for people, even other artists who are like, who maybe didn't necessarily use this time, you know, efficiently to like grow a craft, they probably grew in the, in, in the background, in the shadows, you know, anyway. And then, mm. you know, maybe just grew a part of themselves that wasn't artistic because, you know, so like, I feel like some people realize that like, not is it that art is not for them in that way, but more so that like, you know, sometimes who you have to portray to be is really not who you are at all. And that version of you, that's behind the mask needs to grow because you end up wearing the mask by yourself anyway, you know, and when there's yeah. literally not an audience to do this for, I mean, at all, it's like, wow, you know, I might as well take this off and, uh, you know, see what do I really like to do? You know what I mean? Like even for myself bro, like around this time, like, uh, with growing and stuff like outside of the music and the poetry and the creative stuff, like I started riding my bike cause I was like, damn, I, I forgot I'd like to do that, you know, yeah. I'm so busy, you know, trying to, uh, you know, either monetize off of this skill or, you know, make produce in a, in a way. But that's the that that was the age we were in. We were in a, you know, a very uh, like mass pr production era, the age of Pisces, like that's where we just came from. So it's like a lot of people were doing that. And some people haven't broken out of that mindset yet where it's like, damn, I need to focus on me and don't know how to be selfish in a way that is still selfless but instead are just like time to give everything i have away and never work on the craft because they've ex you know are extending themselves in so many ways that they can't give themselves quality because you know they're giving out quantity you know what i mean yeah i i really don't know if like i feel like it's it's a certain extent you can call this pandem pandemic like a gift but at the same time it's such it, it, that can be so offensive to some people who are not in like a place where they can look at the bright side of a pandemic because there's a lot of downsides to it but i feel like who would have imagined that there was just we would have given been given over a year to just like you know no matter who you are though at, at this point though you're at least able to see like what was actually important and what wasn't important like it, everyone right. is able to take a step back right. which was important like who would have thought there would have been a time like this where like everyone at the same time like everyone in the world was given the opportunity to take a step back and reevaluate. Yeah, man. I mean, it's definitely, I call it like a double-edged sword, you know, because I think it was something that like, you know, of course, like, I, you know, like this hit, you know, jobs and the economy and, you know, the education system, you know, like in different ways that might necessarily never bounce back. And I mean, yeah. you know, definitely threw off a lot of things, even for, you know, artists and, you know, venues closing and then the venue itself being a business and the people were, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that is definitely like a very negative thing. And then, you know, of course the biggest, like all the deaths and just like, oh, God, you know, yeah. the virus itself just being out. Like, I feel like 
that is definitely the you know the sword the, you know a no knee moment you know if you will yeah. like you know what i'm saying i think the other side definitely is kind of like yeah honestly like who would have thought that you would be able to literally have you know a year to literally just kind of figure your shit out you know what i mean like you know there's not necessarily like a rush to do anything because you realize that everybody's moving on the same time like no one really knows what they're doing everybody's just trying to figure it out and just figure out how to keep rolling forward like jobs are probably as lenient as they can be right now because it's like we don't know what to do yeah. you know like I, I i you know work with kids outside of this and it's like you know even from their perspective you know this put them in a place to almost upgrade their programming so much faster because you know you talk about having to grow up fast like you like this has never happened really ever in the history books where um like something has really changed the mindset of people on such a global scale and it demanded that to happen like you you could like you know job interviews you'll probably never shake somebody's hand again like oh shit you know think about it you know what i'm saying like it it'd be years before in some some jobs may never even have that again you know an in person interview like you know you will probably never play outside at any park or anything like that you know what i'm saying it, it's it, it's really interesting to see kind of like you know how it's kind of forced people to just almost kind of just rely on themselves and then you, you know other people in a way but like yeah man this is uh yeah, this is interesting. I will tell you. So, on the back to the like thing about like kids having to grow up fast. Totally. Do you think, like, if you're exposed to something like even if it's like a image, of something, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be sexual. It could be like maybe something gory. Totally. Just anything. It doesn't even it doesn't have to be negative. Even just like, because I feel like when when someone thinks something a kid seen something exposed to something young they think of something inappropriate but i don't feel like it has to be like right. inappropriate but do you feel like if if some if a kid is exposed to something younger than like you know maybe you're supposed to see something when you're like in high school but you see something when you're five mm-hmm. do you think something in your brain gets triggered to make you mature faster though oh totally yeah i mean i think that comes from multiple things i feel like epigenetics has to play into that but also like um i feel like like when you talk about like even like even video games at such a young age i I think uh kids are a lot closer to the spiritual realm in a way where it's like you know this projection of life like they really just take it for what it is and i think that's why um you know kids are just so honest and you know are so innocent and pure in that way because you know they are really just living life for what it is you know and they don't necessarily know about the distractions that come to life you know because a lot of times you know especially prior to this digital age that wasn't really a thing for them so it's like you know they, they really are just you know figuring it out every day literally as it goes that's why i feel like their concept of time is so strange because it's like you know for them it's like literally just another day it's not oh man i gotta work on tuesday so then i should make sure that this happens by monday because on sunday i have to you know it's literally just all right just wake up and (laughs) you know do whatever comes in this day go to sleep and then figure it out the next one so like i don't know i think what you're saying is kind of like it's almost kind of like i I think it's called like predictive programming but i mean essentially just kind of anything you anything you you take in anything you see whatever level you're at you know whatever your mental capacity is like you will be programmed by that whatever that is or you know influenced by everything you know around you and i think kids especially in a time like this i mean are probably like like getting that more than ever because like you know kids are now pretty much almost in 
in these positions of being people who almost like have office jobs or like little college students, you know, where, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's insane. Yeah. If you truly think <laughs> about it to the point where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, give a kid, you know, six years from now. I mean, you know, a kid is sitting at their desk and, you know, doing the same work level or maybe stimulating their brain the same way maybe a tax accountant would be or like, you know what I'm saying? A CPA or something like that. You know what I mean? And like, it's just interesting, you know what I mean? So, and, and even the TV shows will probably begin to reflect that, you know, to try to make it seem like more of a normalized thing. But yeah, man, it's, there's, there's definitely a lot happening here, you know what I mean? And I think, I think that's definitely something to keep in mind, but uh, yeah, man, it's, I don't know, man, these days are, these some tricky times. Do you think like, even like, do you think you can evolve? Like it takes like animals, you know, like millions of years to evolve. Mm-hmm. But do you think maybe like just this stimulation from like virtual reality mm-hmm. or like movies or whatever it is, like electronics in whatever way, totally can make humans evolve like maybe not like you know grow wings or anything, but like like literal sense like maybe like hit puberty early or something even you know like how people are try to say like it's in the milk that's what makes that's what making girls or guys evolve like hit puberty earlier than when they did right. in the '90s or whatever like like. I'm thinking maybe that's a thing. Like maybe like technology oh, yeah, or something totally. can make literally make you hit puberty, which is a sense of evolving faster. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird with. Like, I think so, honestly. I mean, I that's that's like a very interesting way to look at it. But I totally believe so because I feel like, um, and I and I feel like a lot of that is just vibrationally too. Like if you surround yourself around certain vibrations, eventually you you know you become the company you keep that kind of thing. So it's like, you know, I feel like with something like this, if you were surrounded by, like, I, I don't necessarily, like, and I feel like, I don't want to get, like, stabbed for this, but it's, like, <laughs> I don't think it's kind of like when, like, a group of women can be together for long enough that they all, like, sync up in that way, but it's kind of, like, I, I do believe there is kind of a way where something like that can happen just as maybe, like, the evolution of a mindset for a kid, and then, like, the puberty part of, like, like, cause there's the physical changes of puberty, but then there's also the mental, mental where yeah. you're like, damn, like I'm really in this bitch. It's like a 13 year old, you know? And I think like that's, that'll probably happen for kids, especially based off the, of, you know, either the demographic or like where they live or there's, you know, like social stuff. But like, I think like that totally like with what's happening now, these TV shows, like I think it's speeding their brains up in ways that they don't necessarily know because they would have never known, you know, like. That shit, like this shit's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you go on TikTok and it's, you know, it's kids with millions of followers and, you know, essentially already in the mindset to believe that they have to now produce for an audience where, where when it's like, you know, maybe 10 years ago, the only thing you were producing was maybe a question to your family as in like, can I go outside? Yes or no? Yeah. You know? So it's like, you know, now you're shucking and jiving in your bedroom, but it's like, you got a million people who are like, do this, do that, do this dance. And now feeling like you have to stay inundated with what's going on and stuff. So, yeah, man, I think the mind is going to be crazy in the next few years, especially like you with kids, man. Like, like I know like we were just talking about TikTok before the, the during this podcast mm-hmm. and like how we can use it as a like, marketing tool and everything like that. Totally. But I kind of do think TikTok's kind of scary too. I want to be honest with you, man. What, what, what do you just think? Just like how like, it is in a sense like it's like in any social media but it's the most deliberate version of like brainwashing Thanks. like it's making kids want like trends are is like a type of brainwash you're like i want to make you do this because every, other people are doing this also so like everyone's doing the same trend or something like that or like mm. like my friend friend's cousin who's like un, like like i think they're like under 10 or something mm-hmm. 
like was showing me fucking TikToks of like TikTokers telling their audience to like eat their period blood or weird shit like that. Like oh. there's weird fucking like think like kids are on TikTok more than like like adults are on TikTok. So like kids like are on TikTok more than YouTube, mm-hmm. Snapchat, maybe fucking like you know Minecraft mobile or whatever it is, Fortnite mobile. Oh, like yeah, kids are on TikTok a lot. And um I feel like like we don't we don't see everything the kids are seeing. Like if you're on TikTok for like ten hours or maybe that might be an exaggeration, let's say even five hours. I'd be surprised. Like if you're on TikTok for that long though, the stuff that you're seeing versus what we think the kids are seeing, there's probably a lot of negative stuff that they're just accustomed to that we don't even realize. So like oh, yeah. if they're if if my friend's little cousin is showing me a TikToker saying we eat our period blood, you should too. Like that's, that's fucking weird. That's like that's like weird propaganda type shit. I mean, yeah, and honestly too, I feel like with everything going on in the world, kids are probably just very desensitized to like I don't want to say normalcy, but like, you know, I mean, imagine being, you know, like maybe like an eight year old kid right now, say maybe back, like we'll take it like March of last year. And it's like you go from being an eight year old who has just the mind of, you know, a young person. So it's like your mind is already pretty expansive, the second, third, but that comes with, you know, hard shit of being a kid. And then out of nowhere, a virus hits and now your life is literally changed in a day. And like you just got to kind of roll with the punches. And like, you know, I think kids are probably trying to lean on other kids right now. And like, I think maybe the virus is just kind of like, like, I don't know, there's always been something, like, I always have this government conspiracy mind that's like, they're using social media to, you know, brainwash the kids because it distracts them from, you know, doing this, 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 and this, but, which it does, you know, I definitely stand yeah. by that, but I feel like that's kind of what you're saying of, like, that, like, kind of like that propaganda, that, like, third dimensional type of, like... It is from China, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like one of these things where it's like, I, I think the the kids will eventually kind of find themselves, like, you know, kind of just following trend or at least getting used to following orders basically so then later in life there that's something that they become more comfortable with which is like oh i've been following what people tell me for years so now i'm going to continue to do that and break away and like instead of ever breaking away from that and having a free mind because a free mind is like a dangerous thing um you know you're just going to be used to somebody saying hey shoot your friend because i'm doing it and the next thing you know you know people are like uh, did you do the shoot your friend challenge? Uh, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? And I, I need to, you know, now I need to feel like I need to exist in this way because we all, like, pretty much, like, the world pretty much will only ever exist on social media as, as much as, you know, people allow that to happen in this digital age. You know, human interactions getting cut down, unfortunately. And then, you know, for the kids, it's like, well, this is where I only find my validation. So time to do all this crazy shit people are telling me to do because this is, they look cool and I want to feel cool because, not like I'll ever see my friends again in real life. So like, think about it this way. Know. This is a weird. I don't even know how to really phrase it, but it's like in my mind. So I'm gonna try to phrase it. I'm here. So when we're doing when like doctors do studies on like kids shouldn't be using technology this much or mm-hmm. blah blah blah, those doctors grew up without technology, so they know what's healthy and what isn't healthy. Right. So. Interesting. Yeah. Like our my like my generation, I'm 20 or maybe the generation of I feel like like 25 is kind of like how old are you? 23. 23. Mm-hmm. So I think two years above you even like 25. Mm-hmm. They're not using that social media as much as you are, and you're not using social media maybe as much as I am. Interesting. So maybe yeah. maybe not my generation, but maybe like let's say two generations below me. Mm-hmm. They're only going to know what technology is. Like, I grew up without, you know, Wi-Fi even. I was right. born in 2000. Like, 
Wi-Fi became popular like in 2010, maybe around there. So like eventually who's to say what's healthy and what isn't healthy? Cause they're not going to know what it's like not to have technology. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, does that make sense to you? Like, no, I think I, yeah, <laughs> I think I, are you kind of just saying like, cause I, I feel like I'm, I'm following that as far as like the kids who will never know what life was like before. What, how stuff? are they going to know what's bad? And like, how are you going to actually do studies if that, if you're just going to think it's okay to be on technology for that long and stuff? Like there's, there's, there's a, there's a generations who didn't grow up with technology. So they, in a sense, it's not they know what's kind of what's organic and what's right from wrong right. in a sense even though like you can say they're just not in touch it's it's easy for like a grandparent even though you might be like oh you're just out of touch grandpa i got touch grandma they can they're probably looking at kids being on technology all the time and being like what the fuck is going on yeah, but we're not awesome. taking it seriously but then eventually there's not going to be that what the fuck is going on because everyone's going to have been birthed when there was a generation of technology interesting yeah i never i never really thought about it like that but i that makes like that makes complete sense you know and like i feel like that's always been that argument of like is technology a good thing or a bad thing but it's like how do you measure good or bad good or bad with something like that because it's like I mean, it's, it's, it's desensitized, it's, you know, like, I, I feel like this might not be the word for it, but I mean, it's like a very omnipresent thing. That's like, it's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And like, you, you really can't like, you really can't even put that under a lens to be like, Oh, it shouldn't be, or it should be. Because like you said, there are, there will be kids 10 years from now that only ever learn how to communicate using Snapchat or, you know, Instagram, stuff like that. And learn like social cues off of things like that, which, you know, is only ever going to like, like, that's going to be an interesting generation, the generation of the internet, you know, but like, that is, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. That's, that's you, you should write that down because I'm liking that. Yeah, it's fucked. But, um, yeah, I feel like this, 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 uh, this pandemic's not going anywhere. No, fuck no. Yeah. I think people were kind of hoping that it was going to, I think we're going to, for the audience listening, I think we're going to do a COVID episode part two, maybe in a week or so. We were talking about that, but I think, and I think everything we talked about on the first COVID episode we did mm-hmm. is still correct, realistically. Oh, yeah. I'd love to even go back and hear that, honestly. Yeah, I think we should, but I know that we didn't think it was going to end anytime soon, and I just, it's, <sighs> it's even weird, like, this is like, this this vaccine thing we're gonna get into this another episode but this whole vaccine thing is just how are they they're like people are like waiting in line for a vaccine then mm-hmm. there's people who can't even get the vaccine right now even though it's free because there's so many people that want it but then in the news it seems like people don't want the vaccine so it's like very confusing like do people want the vaccine do they not like mm-hmm. you'll see like things of like someone gets a vaccine on live television and then passes out or something weird like that. Have you seen stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I have, yeah. Like, so are people actually wanting this vaccine or are they not wanting this vaccine? And then I think I think people are actually now starting to get, like, even my grandparents who are, like, not really scared of the vaccine, like, not scared of the COVID at first, mm-hmm. even they are starting to get a little scared of this, of this COVID, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people where I was at the beginning of this pandemic are only now starting to realize that this is actually something serious. Maybe you can blame that on politics and Trump, whatever. Or maybe people are realizing that there's a fucking second strain <laughs> and that it doesn't just stop at number two and it, it goes, it continues. But I, I think people are slowly starting to 
get used to like are actually slowly starting to get scared of this pandemic because mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed a lot of people are like not actually seeing like people that i was hanging out maybe in the summertime even mm-hmm. i was always hanging out with like safe people right but like i feel like even people i was hanging out that were safe in the summer are, like not even wanting to hang out with people now like i think people are slowly starting to realize how serious this is but it's this is still kind of the beginning <laughs> oh yeah and i mean i think that's kind of like how the hysteria works too for people who um are maybe just kind of a little bit more distracted but like kind of back to the vaccine you know it's funny too because like um the covid itself when it mutated for the first time and that actually happened like um that was something that happened on its own and then like but they were working on a vaccine at that same time but when the vaccine happened like they made the vaccine but then the mutation happened so like the vaccine is not necessarily going to be able to combat the 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 covid because the vaccine that was created was not created to uh, necessarily like combat a mutation. You know what I'm saying? Because like if you make a vaccine for something, like if I make a vaccine for breast cancer, but then it's finished, but breast cancer becomes, you know, super breast cancer. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like the vaccine is like, oh shit, we were only like, we were only ready to fight breast cancer, not super breast cancer. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's one thing to keep in mind, I think for the vaccine, for, you know, people who are thinking about vaccine and stuff like that, because it's like, yeah, I mean, it's something you can definitely rush to do, but also like, if you've also just been doing what you can to protect yourself as far as just like, you know, maybe taking vitamins, eating right, doing what you can, like, that's really all you can truly do. Like a vaccine is not going to, especially one that's kind of obsolete in this way, is not going to necessarily provide any benefit, especially, you know, for something that is mutating on its own. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't necessarily stop something like that. Like, it's not like, you know, they can give you a vaccine and it just, you know, hit the COVID once. It's like, this is something that is consistently evolving on its own, you know, instead of repeating, it's evolving too, you know, because blank. So it's like, I don't know, I definitely, I I hear what you're saying though, as far as people like kind of taking it more serious now, but um, yeah, I mean, that shit is like, that shit was nothing to play with. The first day that it yeah. hit, that was, you know, that changed the world, honestly. This is um not the flu. I, th- I still hear people like, even some of my friends are saying it's still not as bad as the flu. This is not the flu whatsoever. And you can get this. You can get this today and then get it again three months down the road. Like your antibodies aren't going to stay. I don't even know. I don't even understand how antibodies really work, but I know you can get it multiple times. I'm not yeah. going to try to be scientific about it. Like you don't want to get this the first time. And people are like, oh, if I get it the first time, then I'm good. No, like you should not even want to get it anytime even if like we don't even know the long-term effects even if you are like some people get it like i've had a lot of friends in college who have gotten it Mm -hmm. and then like they said oh i only had like a head cold or something for like two days Mm. we still don't know the effects of that it still was in your fucking system we still don't know we don't even know exactly if this is man-made or not yet still right so like you're letting something that we don't know exactly where it came from insert your body and we don't know if it's all i don't even know like I don't even know. My money's on man-made, honestly. I just have to put that out there, world. My money is on man-made. I'm like, viruses like these, I'm like, that's too specific. You don't want this fucking shit in your body at all. I don't think, I don't understand why people don't get that. Like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyways, you wrote your album during this pandemic. So did you you get any 
inspiration from? I um I I started it back in August of 2019 prior to the pandemic, but then uh you know just different things with life, motion the poet series type shit like mm. all of that had to happen in order to finish it, but it was wild because I knew like for what I believe, like I was like God was telling me, like I need, I'm going to need to finish this album in a later time, which then became this pandemic. But it, it needed to happen because kind of what you were saying earlier, like I had to get into a very deep and dark place of just isolation and just almost pretty much being uncomfortable in my solace to then be able to write a lot of the like the songs on the latter half of the album because um you know it, it it like it truly had to come from a real place you know and and this pandemic like influenced so much of that by offering like not necessarily offering in like a generous way but by definitely like kind of you know forcing everyone's schedules to become what they did and forcing people to face the different things that they you know thought that they had already you know dealt with that they didn't like whatever whatever so yeah totally like had to so yeah to what you're saying like yeah i definitely wrote the rest of it like in the heart of the pandemic and uh whatnot but like yeah it 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 had to happen like that is what it seems like you know but you you had two kind of projects what was the first one it was the mini slum set yep so uh before that I, I did one that actually happened like that that was like hard the pandemic as okay. well so like that was called much love and that was a mini ep to kind of like like i was on a like production journey like a self-production journey just trying to uh you know kind of better sharpen my own blade with that but also like still going through like hella shit but like i didn't um i didn't like i had like fallen off the grid fallen off the world wasn't necessarily like kind of talking to people in that way just really trying to kind of recharge like my battery in that way and uh when i did it was something that i released in a way of like okay hey this is where i've been this is what i've been up to but like you know it's uh it was it, it was definitely like a preface for what was about to come but it was kind of like a you know like even the I'm very strategic even with like the song title names and stuff mm. like as far as the intro all the way to ascension like yeah. literally from intro to then I was lost and then like then after that like five five finer things because uh angelically five 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 is like a big positive change is coming so like an affirmation of those manifestations so then that into ascension so like each was like a level up of like okay so i'm down now but it's gonna get you know and then i'm hella lost and then it's gonna then it's going to get better for you know anybody who sees this feels that resonates with that and then i ascended and then after that ascension i was able to uh you know finish doing what i had to do which was the slum flower series and um you know so then even like with the names of those you know that like if you look at the album it's not necessarily like um it like it's definitely a very strategically planned album it's definitely like a story from you know the kind of like eerier somber beginning all the way to like what would be more of like a triumphant kind of ending in that way Mm -hmm. but it's it's made in that way because it is truly like a transparent uh you know just like body of work it's like a journey you know what i'm saying like it's got you know it's got the lows it's got the highs it's got the you know crossroad in betweens but but yeah that all had to happen during this during the heart of the pandemic dude we, you showed me the first song like when i interviewed you and jay oh yeah yeah you know and that's uh yeah that's funny too to like i actually kind of forgot about that but it what's funny about that too is like that is like a prime example of kind of where that had to start which was like more of like like that first one, that intro is uh, like the death pretty much of like myself and then um, becoming emotion, the poet. 
and really kind of being taken over by this ego. And then like, you know, each like, you know, of course, each song just goes back to back to back. But like, mm. you know, from like, as you like, like, as you would know from knowing me from this time, it's like, you know, from when you first heard that very first song, when we were in there, we were connecting, you know, even if you look back at the interviews, like, you know, the different things we were talking about, how I felt about myself, my craft, like this and the third, the sunglasses, that whole type of thing, like from intro there all the way to this conversation we're having now, it's like, yeah, that was exactly how that started. You know, emotion to poet, spoken word, fundamental, like shout out to fundamental, you know what I'm saying? But like all of those different things that like that life, all all of those things had to come to an end and they did, you know, and then it's like you, you proceed it. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, honestly, like that's <laughs> like exactly hell? what you're saying. Like, that's what I was trying to like, like that's what I'm trying to explain. It's yeah. like this wasn't just like I put together, you know, four or five, you know, trap songs. It was just like, <laughs> trap money, New Year's boy. Niggas, you know what I'm saying? It was literally like, oh, no, I like these numbers, you know, stuff like that, like whatever, whatever. Like I had seen this coming and had to write it out in this way. Like what I began to write, I began to manifest like, you know, kind of like, you know, in like a pr prophetic way. But like that's exactly what happened you know what i'm saying so yeah so when when i see things not saying i'm a fucking like whatever i don't know if telepath's the right word or whatever superhero type deal but when i when i say i see things mm -hmm. it's usually when i'm at my like my best state of like mental health physical mm -hmm. health and i'm taking a step back and like assessing things for how they are and i really think this is a weird thing i wanted to say this again I really think, for me at least, I felt like carbs and sugar were like a drug that really clouded my mind from things. It sounds really weird, but I feel like when I'm in a good place and I'm able to step back, you kind of, it sounds a little eerie too, you kind of realize how messed up the world is because mm -hmm. it's not really a happy world. There's happy parts to it and you can make your community happy, but overall, there's so much violence, death ego there's so much stuff that Thanks. there's a lot of there's a lot of happy stuff but there's also a lot of negative stuff like like there's fucking countries that want to take over our country right now and we won't even talk about it <laughs> it's just you know so many I mean? like we like it's like there's like a there's, there's like a gun to the back of everyone's heads and we don't even realize it it's really weird but when i'm able to like take a step back it's not even like you're seeing like foreseeing like or like What's the word? It's not like you're guessing what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. It's like you can really just step back and like see like the straight path right. and be like, how is no one else like taking a step back and looking at what's going on? Whether it's a specific person, whether it's like looking at a specific friend and being like, how do you not see that if you do this, this is what's going to end up happening? Or right. Like, or like I in the bigger, that. you can take it, take a step back and look at a bigger picture. Like if a company's doing something, how do they not expect this is this thing to happen to you. There's, there's so many things you can look at, but like there's so many straight lines and people just like, they, 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 they it's like they, it's, it's like they don't want to admit to themselves and they, but they grow up like seeing vices. Like people start smoking when they're like 15 or younger. Like I didn't realize, I didn't like, I thought I was, I, I don't like to say if, or not, if I, if I theoretically ever smoked in my life, I didn't realize that people like there's like a there's a there's a huge chart lot of people that start like in middle school. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's a thing. Like people grow up smoking or being 
introduced to drugs that young. And I thought that was like, when I heard that, I thought that was like something that was out of this world. Like that was not like a common thing, mm. but like, that's a common thing to like be introduced in middle school. Like I, I, I didn't, I just didn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't comprehend that. But like, if you're like indulging in these like vices and stuff at such an early age, it's not like you even realize that when, as you continue to mature, that it starts to become more of a coping mechanism versus something that's fun. And that's what I'm starting to see with my friends. And that's what I'm starting to realize just in real life that people like, like vices, like peer pressure isn't as like scary as people think it is. Right. It's like, it's, it's just like, Hey man, you want to hit this? Or like, Hey man, you want to go, want to go hang out by the river with me and my friends and have a bonfire and drink and then drive home. Or like, it's just simple stuff. It doesn't even have to do with drugs even, but there's like peer pressure is just such a simple thing. And like you can see it like on TV commercials or whatever, saying "Don't do this," right. but it's super simple. But like I feel like there's just so many things are very straightforward, and people don't like straight like straightforwardness makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's definitely the whole ego thing that keeps people from being able to actually see those things. Because I totally understand what you're saying. Like that, I've always been one of those people where I could. Like it, it would almost seem like I could see outside of what was happening and be like, so nobody else notices it. Like, like, especially if like there was a company that would like treat their employees like shit and then be confused as to why nobody wants to work there. The turnover rate is so high and like they'd be confused. But in my head, I'd be like, you know, if you just treated people better, because that's always been the thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, but like to what you're saying, like, I, I understand that. Like, it's yeah, I think it's just people, you know what I'm saying? Like ego, ego will definitely cloud your vision in that way and make you you know, feel as if you don't need to think about those kind of things because that could never happen because maybe you're in control or like maybe, you know, blank, maybe you'll never have to, you know, like worry about, you know, coping with drugs because you're like, ah, I'd never get to that sad point. And then in reality, you're like, wow, I've actually been there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, yeah, I I totally, yeah, I totally, totally hear with that. Like, it's freaky. I don't get, I don't get why, like I'm seeing things like in a, like a normal way. But what people what what I, what is normal people don't think is as normal because they're not they're like they're self indulging or they just don't want to admit that things are messed up in the world or oh yeah they don't understand how to see things but a lot of things in the world are very straightforward a right. lot of th- like there is evil and it's evil there is good and there's good there's there can be black and white for certain things but a lot of things aren't black and white it's pretty straightforward but like right. people just don't see it or i don't know i mean sometimes they choose not to yeah you know because a lot of that was even kind of like what like the intro of the of the sunflower series was about was like you know i was kind of so caught up when i was or was not not like in a i'm trying to downplay it but i definitely was so caught up in like this ego that i had which was like the most straightforward things in my life which were really just the most everyday simple things you know i i it it almost seemed like those were a different language because they didn't compute with the way that i was choosing to see life and like choosing to act in different ways and stuff like that and like you know at the end of the day you know what i'm saying when i took a step back you know what i'm saying it was like oh wow like it's really just da 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 you know what i'm saying so much time has already passed it's like fuck but yeah i mean totally like i i'm, I'm hearing what you're saying like totally uh, I I just believe it's people's ego a lot of times that will keep them from because your ego only ever wants to keep you safe, but it doesn't know what safe is because mm. it's you know it's it's in your mind you know so you you know will feel like you don't need to stop doing something or you don't need to do this or you don't need to look a different way because when you challenge somebody's perspective you challenge who they are you know so a lot of times it's it's hard for people to not 
align with just their perspective as who they are as a person and like be like oh shit like you know actually maybe i can look at this a different way because maybe there will be a benefit that i haven't even thought of because i would have never known to think about it you know and i mean you know i know out of my own personal like experience you know thus being you know how this album came about that was definitely where i was at as far as like oh you mean there's a whole other life that doesn't exist in the way that i see it in my head like other people don't just go through what i perceive them to go through or you know and then the same thing for me like i don't i you know the life that i think people could look at me to have is not necessarily how i really experience it you know but ego will keep you from drawing those connections to better deepen that and understand that you know what i'm saying and instead just have you working like thinking about yourself all the time you know and uh yeah just fucking up everything honestly yeah you know? so what is a slum flower Ooh, that is beautiful appreciate that question of the century honestly so a slum flower is uh I, i've talked about it before in a song but like a slum flower is like the flower that bloomed in the dark and it was doomed from the start you know, it was bloody in a room full of sharks. Mm. And, you know, this is the start. So <laughs> pretty much that's kind of like a, any, any, anybody who can relate or resonate with that is a slum flower is the flower, essentially like the rose that grew from the concrete, but like, you know, the, 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 the flower that grew in between division and, you know, just like, you know, other negative forces continuously, like, why are you still growing? But it, you do because you know through the slums you bloomed you know you you did kind of like a lotus flower almost you know but yeah uh, yeah that's a slum flower you know so this the slum flower series is a series of um you know different tracks which are pretty much just different feelings thoughts and emotions that you know show my me blooming in that way you know so like from an intro that's you know hella you know kind of sad and whatever the fuck to like all the way of the ascension of like basically you know i was like a caterpillar in the beginning and i became a butterfly at the end you know like that's pretty much kind of like you know and, and, and anybody who can relate to that because that, that's not necessarily just a me thing but you know anyone who you know has had to been or has been subjected to anything that was not beneficial for their growth either personally spiritually emotionally mentally physically and you know still against all the odds found a way to continue to bloom you know like you are a slum flower, you know, mm. like it doesn't, you know, you're like a flower with scars, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, they're still there and that's valid. And you know, that's never going to not be a part of the process, but at the same time, like, you know, the process never stopped, you know? So scars can be beautiful. Yeah, very much so. If you learn from them. I feel like some people get scarred and they just continue getting scarred over and over and over. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's that evolve or repeat, you yeah. know? And you know, some flowers, uh, you know, repeat a cycle that's not necessarily uh, beneficial to their growth. You know, don't get their sun, don't get their sunlight, don't get their water. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, some flowers are like, you know, wow, should I actually maybe should uh, water you a little bit more frequently? And, you know, you, you, you get you get the evolution of that. Oh, yeah. You know, you get a whole garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a slum flower. Is slum flower something you made up or... Yeah, I mean, honestly, me personally, I've never heard anybody ever use that term. I mean, the uh, wow, the terminology comes from. I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm I'm not at all claiming that I'm the only one who's ever said it because I'm sure that exists in other places because it's like it's it 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 is very very much so influenced, you know, from the the rose that grew from the concrete, you know. So I I couldn't imagine somebody else hadn't 
had said it, but mm-hmm. I also have never heard anybody else, at least in my immediate circle or uh, anyone who is of influence to me use that term um, because it's it's also the play on like I always use the sunflower and then, mm. you know, like sunflower, slum flower. So it's kind of just like that because the sunflower is known for being just like a very happy flower. And like, um, you know, I think people who are just kind of known for always being very happy oftentimes that comes from a dark place sometimes because they know what it's truly like to not be happy so they they try to stay on that side as much as they can the happy side you know but it it sometimes dismisses some of the emotions that were there you know like a lot of times the funniest people you know are actually the saddest people you know you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. they they know what it's like to not laugh you know what i'm saying and it's like very it, it's very much so in that realm of things you know so like slum flower is just that beginning like it's kind of that paradox or oxymoron or whatever the fuck like it's like you know yeah i'm you know slum which always has negative connotation but flower which are wow you know this is blooming it's beautiful so just those two things together but yeah i've never heard anyone use it um i think i marketed enough to the point where like if you see it i think you'll maybe associate it with put my me. respect on my name you know what i'm saying so like that's why like i think um you know, my iconography with it is always like pretty on point as far as if you look at everything I do, I always drop a sunflower in there somewhere, almost yeah. kind of like an Easter egg. But uh but yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's just where that comes from though. But that is yeah, that's a sunflower, you know. Do you have you seen like anyone that you're close with get like depressed during this pandemic who maybe wasn't pre- depressed beforehand? Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen a lot of people, like, I mean, th- this might sound kind of weird to say, but, like, I I feel like a lot of people who are around me were pretty depressed, and not <laughs> not necessarily, like, like I had something to do with that, you know, I mean, at least I hope not. But, oh, like, no, right. Yeah, can you imagine? You know, like, bro, we fucking hate you. But, uh, no, I mean, I think a lot of people who are around me were like that, because I think, um, you know, and oftentimes, like, the company you keep, you know, it's kind of a reflection of who you are, mm. because I think I was myself always in kind of like a lower place uh you know just a darker place i think the people around me could resonate with that you know because you know a lot of people around me are other creatives or you know other people who kind of have these extensive lives that are like you know kind of always just you know either pouring too much of their own cup into other cups but not maybe pouring back into them Mm. and like i think depressed is definitely like like, you know, it, it is like a harsher word, but it, it is something that I think everybody around me, like I, I, I did not, I definitely didn't know anybody around me who was like, wow, I'm the happiest soul I could be because um, everybody around me is still working on themselves in a way that, you know, you kind of have to be depressed to work through that so you don't kind of get to that level again. Hmm. So, yeah, man, I think, um, I mean, as far as like, anybody not being depressed and then the pandemic came and they realized like I think I more so have people around me who thought that they had it when they didn't and that was just their ego Hmm. that they maybe weren't like accustomed to yet and we're like oh yeah like this is everything I need and then two months went by and they were like you know I I was seeing the big you know post on either Facebook or Instagram about you know oh I uh was going through so many things and in self-reflection, you know, cause I did that myself, honestly, yeah. you know? So yeah, totally. I think this pandemic, like, and that's kind of like, not why I made this album, but like, I knew that, I, like, I kind of have this personality that is just, uh, it's just very much so relatable to, I think a lot of other 
people in a way because my mind is just very open. So like you can really resonate with me in a lot of different ways. Like it's not like I, I like I I think I, I feel pretty like a pretty relatable person. Like I'm just really a regular everyday schmegular person. So it's like I knew that if I was going through that shit, then I was like, oh, there's got to be like I cannot be the only one who is especially experiencing the pandemic how I was. Like I was like, I cannot be the only one that feels like this. Yeah. You know? So. But what is funny though, whenever. I usually tell people at this point that I have like two podcasts. I'm like, yeah, I have a co-host for a second podcast. And i like, you want to hear the name? And do a little pause. And I'm like, the BBC podcast. And I'm like, I let people think about it for a second. Okay. And then I let them smile. And I say, the Blake Burton and Brian Barnett conspiracy podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh I just spilled chicken all over me. <laughs> wow, no, no racial, but that is the... <laughs> That is the blackest thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> I just spilled chicken. Oh. I said, are you tired of your chicken falling all over you? But anyways, whenever I bring up you, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I have a dope po- po- um, co-host. It's very spiritual. into like angel numbers and spirit signs and all that stuff. Probably butchered half the stuff I just said. That's okay. But um, like, before I even finish a sentence... No matter if it's like a girl or a guy that's like open minded, they'll be like, "I'd like to meet him," and they all say mm. the same thing. I'm like, well, is, "Is there is there a thing where there's not enough people that are open minded that to the point that when someone hears someone else is even maybe remotely open minded, they don't care who who they are and they just want to meet him?" Or like, "What is what is that?" Oh man, I mean, well, first I appreciate you know those kind words, this love, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that kind of what you were saying. I mean, I think it's like people who are open minded, you know, kind of just want maybe like that company of a like-minded individual because i think a lot of times like if you're very open-minded you probably have the the uh experience of being like invalidated very often in your life because of that open mind Mm -hmm. because you're more than likely around either family or job people whoever a community that was like uh actually it doesn't go like that it goes like this you don't know what you're talking about you'll never know what you're talking about if you don't do it like this it'll never work you know whatever whatever so it's like to meet other people who are not on that wave in our like hey you know figure out your own life and your own journey and your own time like i feel like people are like like if you were to tell me that you had somebody who like had similar similar characteristics or attributes to what like different things I get into, I'd definitely be like, hey, I'd love to connect with that person mm-hmm. and see how their mind works. So yeah. I, I imagine it's probably the same thing on their end, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. It's you just know. Yeah. It's fair to say. I just haven't really ever really hung out with like spiritual people really. So it just seems like a whole new community. And I I don't feel like you're just some fucking crazy hippie dude. But you seem like you're definitely a, you're definitely a new type of person for me and I think that's why we connect. I appreciate that. You're like, yeah, I definitely don't feel like you're uh, some weird fucking hippie. I'm sitting right next to you. Like, can you imagine this whole time? I'm like, oh, well, you haven't seen nothing yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, hamburgers can see the future, Blake. <laughs> That's hilarious. So is is the Slumflower series like a, you think of it as like a diary, or is it something where you want everyone to relate to? Or is it more just a piece of you? Because I feel like some artists, their goal is to have music that's about them, but other people can connect to it. Some other artists have albums that are specific, like fucking Eminem with his mm. Marshall Matters LP album when he's talking about murdering his wife, Kim. It's a very... <laughs> it's directly <laughs> about his wife. I don't think other people are thinking... They're like, well, it, this is very specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, who who's the audience? Is it more of, like, a therapeutic thing for you? Or are you trying to 
reach out to people like as a hand like a handout like oh hey. man you know like you were asking and saying all the right things because it i mean mine, you know minus the uh eminent part i definitely not that but <laughs> um you know it, it is definitely like a culmination of thoughts uh, it's a very interesting like an invitation into my mind if you will but it's also like it is mainly supposed to like i've always been just about trying to make somebody feel something like that was my mission on this earth like when i get when i got here that's why i'm here is just to make people feel and heighten their vibration so they can, you know, heighten their own lives in that way. But like the point of this album is definitely like the audience is truly whoever will listen and then resonate with the message and can understand it. But like, this is like, I um, definitely therapeutic, but it's, yeah, it's definitely just like, you know, kind of like a, I see you type of album. Like mm -hmm. this is like, I'm going to put myself out there for anyone else who feels like this. And if you do, I'll reach my hand out to you because I see you. I love you. You know, I'm here for you. And if you feel this way, you are not alone at all. Like heaven only knows is I think the prime example of that, because like I um, recorded that song in my room, like shooting a video to it or shot a video to it, excuse me, shout out to Mike B films. But like I, that was the main po point of that whole track, which was like, you know, I am, I understand what it's like to be at a crossroads between what I think I want and where I need to be. And, you know, my life, every, like my present moment is a culmination of all my past choices and my future will be a culmination of all of my choices and decisions of the present moment. Therefore, like, you know, I, I truly understand that I'm not, you know, taken by that, but like, it, it is something where like, if anybody can relate to that, you know, you, you just never really know, but like, if you, if anybody can relate to that, then it's like, you know, press play. Like this is, this is what this whole tape is about. You mm. know what I'm saying? It's like, um, this will definitely be like, I think it'll be like my take care, you know, like gotcha. uh, in, in a way, because um, I, I, I kind of like I hold myself as an artist in like a classy way in that way where it's like, like, you know, I, like I definitely have all these like spiritual, you know, messages and like, you know, positive thoughts. But it's also like I, I like it's all executed in a very strategic way. You know, it's not at all like I'm just throwing out like, hey, high fives on, and you know, track three. And you know what I'm saying? But it's like it, there, there is definitely like a, you know, a strategy and, and, and an execution behind channeling these messages out and these positive vibrations to people, but also doing it in a way where like, you know, what I'm saying I'm still like keeping true to myself, which is just like, you know, this kind of like in the shadows character. But like, you know, I'm very hard to get a hold of, but easy to talk to, mm -hmm. you know, and like. People who relate to that, I think, will relate to this album. You know what I'm saying? I think it's this is an album for the people. Like this is an it, it's got like something for everyone, but not in like a if you want to dance, if you want to, but something for everyone in a way where I think I touch on a broad spectrum of feelings, thoughts, and emotions that are like, oh wow, I could really relate to that. You know, like you know, it's not just about like you know getting money and you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, oh, I made it out the slums and I'm you know signing million dollar checks. It's really about <laughs> you know a dude that has two jobs and you know, is having an existential crisis and just trying to figure out what the next step is. And I laid it out with some beats behind it and somebody engineered it. And there we go. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And the album cover is like you in a, in a movie theater. So what was the choice behind that? Oh man. Yeah. That's love. So, um, and it's so funny you brought that up because check this out. You talk about like spirituality. Notice these synchronicities in your life too. But peep this. So the point of that is because the Slumflower series, you know, this is like a projection of my thoughts. Mm. So, you know, there will be like a video to everything because it's like a video journal, like a diary, like in that way. But, um, you know, you're watching my thoughts in this way. Um, the reason of the movie theater is because um, 
and 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 if you notice on the album cover, which was done by my boy Devonte Ford, shout out to him. But if you notice on the album cover, I'm holding a bag of popcorn, you know. And it's funny because uh, my my girlfriend V, she actually told me, and she was like, you know, I notice in a lot of these photos, which are your best moments, for whatever reason, you're holding a bag of popcorn, <laughs> and I'm always holding it in my right hand, which is funny. And uh, you know that comes from just years ago, me and my mom, you know, just always like finding just safety and comfort in just the movie theater just that was like a thing we would do and like you know whatever whatever so like you know to have everybody who was involved in the making of this album because this is not mm. just like a me thing but this is like you know i have you know fob mob joe but my boy joey de cruz you know he's you know we've been friends since fifth grade like you know he has an album coming out i'm executively producing you know he's under emotion entertainment like you know but that's my guy you know that is like my brother but he's he is on the uh you know, in the top left with the purple on. And then right next to that, Mason Phelan, you know, I met him recently, but, you know, one of the most talented producer engineers in the state of Washington, probably even on this side of the West Coast. Mm. And he's like 17. Not that that matters, but, you know, someone who is truly hungry for the craft and willing to put the work in, you know, incredible cat. And he's right next to Joe. And then right next to him is my boy, you know, Drew. And he produced track two, Voices. We've been friends since middle school, like, Jason Derulo, Written in the Stars, like, you know, we go back, you know, playing, you know, Zombie Island or Dead Island on uh, you know, oh, Xbox shit. 360 back in the day, sleeping yeah. over at his house, you know, and like, you know, seeing a dream from, hey, Drew, can you come outside today to, you know, hey, can you produce this song and, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, so like, that's just, just beautiful. And then next to that is Devonte, he drew the cover, but both of our moms have uh, MS and like, we met like, back in seventh grade and like that's that's my guy you know what i'm saying so it's like we've been co like cosmic brothers just this whole time like right behind him ricardo estevan incredibly talented artist producer like you know he produced track four agape and like you know what i'm oh, saying i thought it was a gape ah yeah no agape <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah the highest form of love oh know? shit so i always you know i'm always saying hey much love much love but like agape means the highest form of love like much deeper than a romantic love, like a love you would have for a child, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like, but it's the highest form of love, you know, and, and he's always shown me that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, he, it, it was only right, you know, and then, uh, you know, of course my girl, you know, she's, um, been through everything that we, you know what I'm saying? You already know how that goes, but she, uh, was right there next to me, you know, cause she mm -hmm. has seen so many of these things, but has always supported me and just been, you know, incredibly remarkable in that way, you know, so all of us to be sitting there and then, the most, you know, most important, my cat P Pickle yes. in the background, you know, he's... I met Pickle. Yeah, it's my boy, you know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a special cat, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, all of those pictured in my favorite setting, which is a movie theater setting, as we're watching basically everything we did unfold in front of us. That was, you know, definitely like the ode to, you know, just like organic love, honestly, like, you know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, that's the, you know, that's the story behind that, basically. But, you know, and that's all of everybody who's named on that last song is everybody sitting right there. Wow. You know, and and it's funny, too, because there's uh, seven seven tracks, seven people sitting in there. You know, 17 minutes. Right. And my life number is seven, too. Which oh, is, shit. You know, beautiful. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it is literally that to that level of execution of, you know, like, it's not like I was like, ah, oh, this has to, you know, every everything had to be just like that and for anyone who knows me in that way will will notice those things like even intro 323 like 323 is my birthday mm. you know so you know when you take it from oh wow like it's coming up two months away like yeah 24 kobe year 
you know. Rip. Not honestly. Well. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, that was, you know, that was the, the story behind it and kind of the, the why factor. But yeah, man, that's what, yeah, honestly, like that's what made the album what it was, to be real with you. Like the visual component, you know what I'm saying? And like being able to see that like that, I was like, damn. Dude, just imagine when we have fucking money and we can just execute things to like the, like, <sighs> I don't think one. people, it's a great album. I appreciate it. I think that. it's it's awesome. But just, I don't think people like, like the average normal day Joe, when they like look at like an artist's album, like a local artist or something, mm-hmm. I think sometimes they look at it as like, oh, this is the best they can do. Like, like this is, they're happy with this completely. Right. But like, imagine if you had fucking money. And, like, you could turn your music videos into a fucking, like, movie type deal. Like, that's the type of shit, like, this, this is the type of things that artists think about, but they don't, they execute it on a level where they have the time, they can, like, the time and money that they can actually put into right. it. Versus, like, if, like, artists, when artists look at money, well, the ones who are true artists versus the ones, like, there's a difference between, like, I still think Migos are fucking artists and shit like that. Like, oh, totally. But they're, like, flexing. But, no, even, actually, if you think about it, even fucking Quavo was in Atlanta. Did you see that show? What uh the oh yeah the TV show Atlanta yeah. yeah 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 like he was in that show so of course he's like obviously into like artistic things so even him he's a, he's a, they're definitely artists but like artists you like a good artist uses their money as like a key to do more things versus totally. versus just like oh shit I have all this money and I'm set that that's not what a true art that's why there's a difference between artists who are, people who are in the wrong reasons who just want to make the money of making music versus they look at the money as like keys do more things oh totally you know and i think the independent grind kind of like put like puts that in your face in a way where it's like you know if i had like like i could i could make the kind of music that could get me signed to a label that would you know pretty much just like fuck my life over but you know you know hand me these checks that would make me feel like they were mine or like you know hand me these different you know cool cars and you know extra money that would have me like wow like i did this by myself Mm. and you know when i don't recoup any of the sales because i was spending so much money on you know drinks and you know like all these other things instead of marketing or trying to build an actual platform or or an audience and then you know at the end like kind of what happened to cray sean like you know from you know gucci gucci like you know what i'm saying is it's it's real tough for her situation i'm not speaking on it at all in any disrespect but it's like labels will get you like that you know they they uh signed her for that record blew it up this and a third you know what i'm saying but took a young person who didn't necessarily maybe know the industry that well just gave him a bunch of stuff and then now they own that record she was in debt to them like nine hundred thousand oh, dollars you know because she couldn't recoup sales from you know because that's how a label gets you know they'll they'll blast a single and then when it's time to make an album to recoup those sales they're like hey we just needed that single but we need our money back for what we did for you you know, and you're like, well, what about, you know, so it's like, I could make music that could yeah. get me in that position, but, and I've tried to do that before, but you know what I'm saying? There's something different about kind of this slow hustle grind of like, you know what? I don't have the money now, but watch what I can do with, you know, either bettering my own skills for graphic design or bettering mm-hmm. my own videography skills. And then when that money does come, it'll just be mine because I'll have independently, you know, I won't need to pay an engineer or you know, FX producer, FX assistant one, FX, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, I I did that part. I did this part. I did that part. I did, the, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, you know, and even with Migos, like, yeah, those guys, incredible artists too, you know, and, and even with that, I think there's a level of like, you know, some people are incredible artists, but, you know, just do more of the performance aspect and some, mm. you know, don't always write their own songs or, yeah. you know, this, that, and the third and like, but you have to still be able to do that part, you know, and it's like, there there's a talent in that too, which is like, 
okay, like you might not have wrote the song, but you know, you carried it out in such a way that you performed it where it's like, that takes talent as well. Yeah. You know, so it definitely is a spectrum, but I, I do hear what you're saying for sure. Like, um, I was, I just interviewed Jarv D who's like a Seattle artist mm-hmm. and I brought up KRS one oh, who yeah. made a song in like the 1990s called Rapture's Delight. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm. Like, I can't really sing it. I'm so bad at hey, no worries, no worries. But it's a great song. And like the, the chorus is just it's like ahead of its time, I think at least. The chorus is like insane, the beats, dope. But then like he starts trashing people that are doing marketing and stuff. Because like in the nineties, like no one was thinking about marketing. Mm. They were thinking about like, are you a real gangster rapper or whatever it is? And now like nowadays everything has to do with, you know, marketing. That's the most important thing nowadays, almost over talent. Sure. But then I showed you like a month or two ago, and this just hit me like right now. And I was like, that that's much. I when I was talking to Jarv D about that song, I was like, yeah, that's I, I used a blanket statement, and I was like, every artist in the '90s thought like that. Um, but then I remember, like a month or two ago, I showed you a song by Dell, the Funky Homo Sapien. Oh yeah, about was, the industry. Yeah, about yeah, the industry yeah, yeah. and like slave, like how it's like slavery. Yeah. And that was in the 90s as well, like early 90s. Right. And if you look at Dell now, Dell's not putting out, he occasionally puts out new music. But like Dell has been around since the 80s and is still like one of the most classic hip hop artists. Like if I bring up Dell the Funky Homo, that I did a Dell the Funky Homo Sapien interview with anyone who like is into rap, they'll be like, what the fuck? How did you get that? And it's still one of my biggest interviews. And I've interviewed fucking TikTok artists that are on the top of their game right now. Or fucking, I had White Gold on who was on Eminem's album. Mm. But still, Dell the Funky Homo Sapiens, like my biggest interview to date. And it was interesting. Like he was thinking ahead of his time about like how marketing, like how being independent is actually important. Which has to do with, but if you're going to be independent, marketing is important. So basically he was saying marketing was important. Yeah, man. I mean, if you're going to be independent, you know what I'm saying? You have to know that you're about to wear so many different hats, but you know, each hat is going to pay off. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of people don't think about it like this, but it's like, you could be independent and do all these things for your own career. But even in the event, music doesn't work out. You have all of these skills that are, that'll translate into other things. So it's like, you know, as much as, you know, this music, like, uh, you know, like my main goal in life is not to be necessarily like a musician or an artist. Like I, my main goal is definitely to just shed my light onto a dark world or into, you know, people's lives and help them get to wherever they need to be. But like doing it with these different niches, but also at the same time, it's like if music doesn't work out, the same skills that I've learned as far as branding, marketing, building a brand, a business, management, you know, you know, program development in that way, like I could take those to a company or organization, you know, and like use them there too. So it's like there is a payoff in being independent that a lot of people won't ever see because they want the quick, oh man, I can get this quick ass check doing this, this and this. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, even literally, like I said, if the music thing doesn't work out, I've literally have built so, a rock, like literally a resume of skills of just graphic design, you know, videography, photography, da 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 da, that I'd have never really picked up if I didn't try to push my own dream, you know, instead yeah. of, you know, hope somebody else would do it. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it really is, in, in my opinion, like a, you know, a benefit to be independent to a level of like, okay, let me see what I can do for me first, because nobody's going to see my vision the way I see it. And I'm going to have to be the one responsible to bring it to light. Hmm. But also when that time comes and that door opens and someone, you know, gets me that check that's like, hey, I'll, you know, you can sign this deal, but you keep your independence, your creative control, but 
here is essentially a, now a budget to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually maneuver that budget even much more for a better to grow actual wealth instead of just, oh, man, like, you know, I can get, the, you know, a better studio. Like, no, I can actually just, you know, invest this here, begin to grow generational wealth and do the same thing that anybody else would do in, you know, the top studios in New York in my bedroom with just better equipment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I feel like people just really got to open their mind in that way and just like, you know, push yourself like, wow, I could, I could really do this, you know, cause like even you, you know what I'm saying? You, you have, you know, invested in your craft in ways that other people would have never thought to do because it would have seemed too hard, mm -hmm. but it's like the same 200 bucks that you spend at the dispensary on a month to month basis yeah. that you could put into a new microphone or yeah. a new, you know what I'm saying? Like th those are oh, things shit, that, you yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, it's all love and, you know, I, and mm -hmm. I, you know, no shade to anyone who does that, but if you don't think about it, you'll like that, you'll never think about it like that yeah. but like you know look at everything you've bought recently for your you know your craft your career and then look back at people who are like i never have money but i'm always doing this and always spending it here here and here yeah and it's like you know like one day you're gonna monetize off of this one day very soon in a way where it's like damn i'm glad i made those investments early on because you have some of the best equipment at such an early age that you know what i'm saying and then what you do is forever changing you're forever evolving so it's like you know you're learning yourself learning the equipment say you know podcasting is not your thing somebody picks you up to be a studio tech you know what i'm saying yeah. eventually get your foot in the door and hey actually i have a podcast too and it's you know you know what i mean so it's like a lot of people aren't really thinking like that yeah but you know if you're gonna be independent you have to you Hell know yeah. what I mean? exactly so well if there's one word to wrap up your album what would you say Ooh. um Two is always much love, but one word would be uh, probably like agape. <laughs> no, actually, low key. Yeah, low key. Because that's honestly that's what this whole album is about. This whole journey, this whole experience is just the highest form of love. Like you have to reach that in yourself to find that in yourself to be happy with somebody else. You have to reach that in yourself to to be happy with pretty much any and everything you do. You know the highest form of love. So yeah, agape. Agape would definitely be a good closeout word next to uh, stream it uh, on all platforms, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? It's just all love always, you know, because if you don't love what you do, Biggie said, you know, if your heart's not, like, you know, only make moves when your heart's in it and live the phrase sky's the limit. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's what I've been living since I was like 13. So Hell yeah. 10 years later, here we are. What's the easiest way for people to reach you? Ooh. Um, I am on all platforms, B-R-Y-444-N all platforms and then on uh instagram and tiktok at emotion underscore isn't underscore weakness and that's your boy oh yeah and this is the bbc slash nas podcast with brian barnett and blake burton there we go thank you agape to everyone come on <laughs> yes sir